0: It's only a film to Be Buried with Rewind classic episode. Hello. 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 Hello, you lot. How are you? You're right. This is Brett Goldstein. So, listen, I've got to concentrate on filming, so there's not going to be new episodes for a a few weeks nothing big don't panic they'll be there uh, there's some already they're coming there's new episodes but for the next few weeks i thought instead of having nothing why don't we relive some of the all-time classic episodes and we're going to start with the very very first episode that came out on the 12th of july 2018 oh we were so young it's me and james acaster in my kitchen not all of the questions were there yet. There's no troubling bonus yet. That wasn't until Nathaniel Metcalf. But you can see how far we've come. I had to listen back to it. It's a lovely time. I think you'll enjoy it. Thank you all for bearing with me. I hope this is enough to tide you over. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. If you want all the episodes, some with videos, all uncut and ad-free, go to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. And in the meantime... You know what? Have a lovely life. Do you know what I mean? Enjoy yourselves. Anyway, have a listen to the very first episode of Films To Be Buried With. Hello, and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. I am Brett Goldstein, and I'm here with a very wonderful uh, guest. His name is James James Acaster. If you don't know him, you can watch four hours, four hours of him being a comedian on Netflix, on Channel Netflix. Yeah. Four hours. Arrogant, in a way. Yeah, a bit arrogant. But I've watched all four. <sighs> I mean, he's longer than Braveheart. Yeah. I mean, basically, if you've not seen him yet, he's a sort of stand-up that's so good, he makes stand-ups want to stop doing stand-up. So if you're not a stand-up, watch it, and you'll have a wonderful time. if you are a stand-up, just forget it. Anyway.
2: That's not true.
0: Here he is, the lovely James Acaster. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. What a lovely intro. Thanks for coming round my house.
2: Yeah, I I haven't been here very often, even though I would count you as one of my friends. (laughs) I'd say I've been here.
0: Okay, that's first time. Second time? time? Could be, second time.
2: Yeah, you're a secretive man.
0: Don't invite a lot of people round. No, you don't. Doors stay locked yes. in this house. Thank you. Very interesting. Welcome to the show. Now, you understand how it works. Yeah. You have died. Yes. I'm sorry. How did mm. you die, James?
2: Probably fell in a hole.
0: In the street? Street hole?
2: Oh, uh, well, Maybe uh, in the beach Beach hole.
0: Oh, wow. Because... Well, like quicksand or a big uh, hole?
2: That's Actually, quicksand's there. probably more likely. Yeah. I've always thought it would probably be quicksand or fallen off a building or something. Those are the things that have always felt the most likely.
0: Quicksand seems legit for you.
2: Yeah, it would be the kind of thing I'd write a routine about. Yeah, so as it, you're it,
0: going it, down, as you're singing around this, beats, yeah. this would play so well. <laughs> you always love like when you're
2: singing in quicksand. And why do they call it quick? It's so slow. Yeah, <laughs> <It's a bit laughs> I, I, definitely sand though. It gets everywhere. <laughs> it's coming in my lungs. Ah. <laughs> okay, uh, good See, routine.
0: Good routine. Yeah, yeah. i will do that. Shame so you can't do it because you've died. How do you feel about death? Scared of it? Excited? Look
2: forward to it? What? No, I don't look forward to it. But I don't think I'm too scared of it anymore. I used to be really scared of it. Yeah. And then uh, thought about it a lot and feel like now, instead of always focusing in on, because it was focus on death and it's like, oh, we won't, we won't have it, you know, we've got everything taken away from us. Yeah. And you don't really stop to think, well, I've even got it in the first place. And it's just yeah. quite amazing to even have it. It's like, I don't think I'm owed any of this. It's crazy to have it and to be here now.
0: So in many ways, your spiritual leader is Mike Skinner of The Streets. Yeah. He said everything is just borrowed.
2: Everything just borrowed. That album has a lot of... Uh, yes, that, that, that kind of philosophy on it. Yeah. It's got a, something there like called edge of a cliff, which is. Uh, is all about, yeah, like, if, anytime you feel sad, just, to, just remember how unlikely it is that you are even here. And all the all the people that came before you. All the people that, that came you before exist. you, so that you exist. Yeah, it's real, really nice. Pretty really good sentiment. So yeah. I think that kind of stuff just makes you feel better, don't it? You? If you're ever scared of death, and you're like, "Oh no!"
0: So when you're in that quicksand, slowly, slowly, slowly dying, you'll be at least remember the streets.
2: Yeah, I was singing that song. Yeah, yeah, it was part of the routine. It <laughs> means singing street songs.
0: Well, that's lovely. Uh, do you believe in uh, uh, heaven or what do you think happens? I don't think
2: I do. I was raised Christian, right? And um, I believed in that kind of stuff for a while, and then I probably believed in a heaven and a hell for a while. It wasn't really... Even though that, that idea wasn't really pushed on me by my parents, but, yeah. like, I believe in those things, and then I stopped believing in hell, and right. I just believed, well, oh, there's probably a nice place you go when you d- die. And then I guess I kind of stopped believing in that. But, like, I'm agnostic, so if I died and there was an afterlife... You wouldn't be annoyed. I wouldn't go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'd go, yeah, this was always always a possibility, I guess. Yeah. But I would imagine that if there is an afterlife, big if... Sure. Then, um... It's not going to be like anything we human beings have been discussing.
0: No one would have got it right. No. You think it would be more sort of beyond Comfort compre- compre-
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be able to... It
0: will be more like Solaris. Yeah, sure. A film like that. Yeah, I film like that? Solaris. Oh, my brain is yeah. comprehend this.
2: Yeah, and what is it? Like more of a feeling, maybe. Maybe a, just a oneness Yeah. rather than know. an actual walking... I mean, obviously we'd all like it to be, a, be like this because it's nice and familiar, isn't it? Walking around, but it's everything is, is great. Yeah. And you don't, there's no calories. Well, there's you don't put any weight on.
0: There's a line in Solaris yeah. in the book and the film, which is these astronauts talking, and they say, We think we're so big and brave and strong because we fly through space looking for answers, but all we're really looking for are mirrors. They so lost all their mirrors.
2: <laughs> on the flight,
0: because <laughs> yeah, in the future there are only mirrors. Yeah, they weren't so allowed they to take an them. entire space program just to find some mirrors. Get some mirrors. Everyone's going, you've got some terrible stuff in your face. You really need to, yeah. Check it before you leave. <laughs> but That's what, what I look like anymore? Yeah, yeah. So in uh, the, the the premise of this show is that we talk about ten films that mean something from your life. Mm. And so my first question is, what is the first film that you remember seeing when you were alive?
2: So there are definitely films I saw before this one, but this is the first one i remember. Okay. Because it's my first cinema trip. Oh, wow. So I remember being at the cinema a bit exciting.
0: How
2: old were you? Between three and five, I guess. Round about there.
0: And who were you with? My dad. Just you and your dad?
2: Yeah. Uh, I went to see The Rescuers Down Under. The Rescuers
0: Down Under? Yeah.
2: It was the first film I saw. Very
0: underrated sequel. I loved it. It's The Godfather Part 2 of Rescuers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really liked it.
2: Yeah. And it is a good thing. I mean, you know, I don't actually remember too much of it now. Like I, I remember going to see it. I remember being in the cinema, I can remember like what seat I was in. What was the cinema? Like, the view. remember that? View? No, no the, no, the view from the seat. No, not the... I don't know what the cinema was called. It was in Bambury, But then maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was in Kettering. We were in Kettering and then we moved to Banbury for a year and then we moved back to Kettering. Okay. But um, I think it was in the Banbury year, but maybe it wasn't.
0: What, uh, why
2: the Banbury year, may I ask? Because uh, back to Christianity again, so my parents, the church they were uh, in, Jesus was in Banbury. Yeah, they went, he was around there Some in the Banbury Cross, that's a clue. <laughs> yeah. um, no, they, they were starting up another church in Banbury, so it was some of the people in the original church to go over there for the transition. What, like weaning people into? Just, yeah, get the there, make sure everything kind of. Not, not, not getting people to go to the church, but just like.
0: Like a franchise,
2: like. Yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. That <laughs> Train that lot. Yeah, Actually, I don't know if it was training that, lot, but it was like just be friendly. I don't know, just go over, go 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 to the ch- go to that church for a bit. But it was a very like hippie kind of church. So I don't, it's not, it's not like they were there enforcing any rules or anything. I guess was just there for if you need here, here if you need us,
0: and then no one did, so we went back to Karen. Um
2: But yeah, they could probably tell you more information than I could, as far as I was aware. We just lived in Banbury.
0: Right, well, let's get your... I would like to have your dad on, actually. I'm following him avidly on Twitter. You do, yeah, yeah. I recommend you all follow David A. Fester. <laughs> yeah. One of the most outspoken voices. <laughs> yeah. That's what he wants on
2: Twitter. So, yeah, he would uh, uh, he'd be great on probably, this. He, he likes films.
0: Yeah. So, you went to see The Rest of under, It and you remember the experience very much.
2: Yeah, I remember just being in the cinema and how special it felt and exciting. for years after, I didn't go to cinema loads because it was a treat. Mm. So, like... I remember going to see Bow Your Finger. I remember Bowfinger. Bowfinger. going to see Cool Runnings, The Lion King. Wow. And like one day my mum, it was really like a really special cinema trip when one day my mum just went, do you want to go see Stargate? And that didn't wow. happen. Usually it was like all of us went mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And the rest was, even though the first time it was me on my own, that's because my brother and sister were too young. But like normally we all went as a family and we knew a few days in advance we are going to the cinema in the weekend and it was exciting. It was Stargate, my mum just being like, do you want to go and see like, like right now? Just want to go, just me and you, she was going to see it. And oh, like, I
0: couldn't believe it was happening,
2: that we were going to go, just, just going to go to the cinema. That's how much you like Kurt
0: Russell and James Baden. Yeah, I was like, what? And have uh, got down. It's so
2: good. And also that was during a phase where I went through, where every time I saw a film, I would tell people the whole plot when I got home. <laughs> I'd have to tell them from the start, and I wouldn't miss anything out. I remember my mum having to tell me to stop halfway through Independence Day. Like we got home, trying try to tell her and her friend a friend over, and I was just telling them the whole film. And when I got to the bit where all the people on top of the building welcoming yeah, the aliens yeah. and the spaceship comes over and it opens up, I said, hey, it opens up. And then one of the ladies says, It's so pretty. Yeah. And then the, my mum was like, James, how much of this film is because, like, how
0: far are we into it? You can't tell, us,
2: you can't tell us the whole film.
0: Like uh, and I was, oh okay fine. And can you in, in under a minute uh, tell me the entire plot of the rescuers down
2: under? Uh some mice go to rescue someone in Australia, yeah. and they ride on the back of an albatross, I think. And I think it is. that is all I can remember.
0: That's the plot. Yeah, but well,
2: damn. But like, I then went back and watched the rescuers. You know, yeah. I can't remember what happened there either. But like, I liked that. I remember that one. The rescuers. Five goes west, but also an American right. tale. Yeah and uh, the Land Before Time films mm. being all around that point I was watching that kind of film a lot. And they were all quite sad, sad cartoons about being lost. Yeah.
0: American Tale is unbelievably tragic. Yeah. Bloody
2: hell. That's as sad as fucking Dumbo's mum swinging Dumbo. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I can not talk about it. Yeah. Was, it was so it's very iconic. I think also quite... Some sort of like Bambi or Dumbo is sad, but like still kind of happy kids' films. I definitely, like, American Tale and Land Before Time, just very sad. Like, they're so... Just kids being lost yeah. and walking around. And uh, it's what I thought most cartoons were like at, at one point, because that, that's mainly what I was watching.
0: Did you relate to that? We you like, I'm like a little lost dinosaur? I didn't feel
2: like a little lost dinosaur. I felt quite yeah. like... I definitely felt scared of being a lost dinosaur. I've, I've always been more scared of stuff that's never happened to me. Right. So i definitely scared watching those films. about oh, that might... I hope that never happens to me. I hope I never am that's a lost, okay, dinosaur. I lost dinosaur. You know, I hope i am never, like, you know, see. So, but, but what I liked about it... I so, have
0: never a mouse in America in the wrong city. Yeah, yeah. Which could
2: happen. Could happen. That, that's still open. But, like, what I liked about Land Before Time, and I think American Tell though, I can't remember, but Land Before Time was great because they kept on meeting more dinosaurs who were lost. Yeah. So the gang got bigger. And I liked that. I liked all the different characters and their different things, and how they were all together in this group and lost together. I quite liked the idea of that. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I was scared of it, but was, there's was another part of me that was like, I would like to be in this lost kind of gang.
0: I think it's a metaphor for the comedy community.
2: Yeah, little lost
0: gang, yeah. Yeah. lost dinosaurs that found each other. Yeah, making our way towards quicksand. <laughs> I
2: think that's perfectly fair.
0: Yeah,
2: bunch of oddballs have all got lost just. Mm. drifting around and then you all get drawn to this thing I mean,
0: somewhere <laughs> out there, and then someone else
2: joins in you go this oh, Kumar starts singing yeah.
0: <laughs> but like yeah
2: the open mic circuit especially when, when you're on the <laughs> mic circuit That's it's a rogue's gallery of
0: lots dinosaurs
2: you're know, right? all just no matter what there's no cool people mm. on the open mic circuit even the ones who think they're, you know for whatever reason you started taking yourself to pubs <laughs> most nights of the week go into a little room where, like, about five strangers are sitting down to watch you mm. and getting up in front of them and doing something you're no good at
0: yet. Yeah.
2: And kind of just taking a hit, t- taking, a, taking a hit each night, not knowing if it's going to be good or not, being really nervous, going up there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, When it doesn't. It feels brutal. And then, like, just going high. You know, you don't do it unless... You know, I, I, I was 23. I had tried to be in bands that they'd all, they'd all failed. I didn't have any qualifications, I didn't know what to do, and I just started doing this. Mm. And definitely, even though it was, like, a fun adventure, I was really, like, I don't know what I'm doing. No. And, like, you know, and you meet people, like, you know, some of my early friends in comedy, like Nick Helm, Josh Widdicombe. You know, Nick had been writing plays and stuff and got frustrated trying to get other people, you know, direct a bit and trying to get other people to care about the plays. (laughs) Started doing comedy on his own. Josh had been trying to write and do comedy writing and Mm -hmm. no one wanted any of his stuff. And he soon started doing comedy, uh, doing stand-up and, like, you know, It was all a bunch of that kind of. I've been acting
0: and writing plays, and in fact, I was thinking I took a play to Edinburgh that, like, before I did stand up, I took Mm. a play, and it was like real my soul in a play, real heart and soul in a play about relationships. And the first review we got uh, was a one-star review that said the plot of the play, (laughs) and then said, "Who cares?" (laughs) 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 I want to put that on all my posters. Yeah. What is the film? that scared you the most in your whole life? Doesn't that have
2: to be when you were a kid? No, no, no. Easy. Well, it wasn't when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I didn't really watch scary films. When I was 14, 15, yeah. I watched Scream 2.
0: Great film.
2: And I didn't sleep for two weeks. And that is not an exaggeration. Yeah, what
0: the two stands for.
2: Yeah, yeah. I Best literally sleep. could not sleep because I was terrified. And the reason why I was so terrified was, well, for one, I've never seen a film that was that violent before. Yeah. But... Also, I've seen, like, murder mysteries and stuff like that on TV and uh, scary films that make you jump a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there was always a really clear motive at the end. You'd always find out who the killer was, who the murderer was, and you'd go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's why they did it, stuff like that. Scream 2 is just like they're just psychopaths
0: and they kill everyone. It's Timothy Olyphant, isn't it, from Deadwood, who's the killer in Scream 2. Spoiler, sorry. Yeah, so I don't really
2: know his name. Right.
0: <laughs> but, like, there's two killers in the end of Scream yeah.
2: One of them has kind of a motive that you kind of understand. And one of them is just a psycho who wants to kill people. And that's all it is. And so, when I realised, oh, it's not always a motive. It's not like you have to have wronged someone or something like that. It could just be someone who just wants to kill people. And that hadn't entered my head until that point. And, I, and then I was like, anyone, for mm. no reason, could just kill me. And... Every time I went to go to sleep, i would be like, they could... Also,
0: Yeah.
2: worth pointing out, I watched it at my friend Matthew's house. He who,
0: just killed
2: you. Well, I'm still friends with him now, but he is the kind of guy who could do that. <laughs> but, like, he loved Scream. Yeah. The whole franchise, he absolutely loved it. His bedroom was a shrine to it, and I was, stay- I was staying over that night. Right. So, we watched Scream 2. Mm. I was really scared, and then I was sleeping in a bed that literally above it had... The costume that the killer wears hanging from the what? ceiling. So he, he had it hanging from the ceiling, so it looked like they were looming. The killer was looming over you. Yeah. So he I had at, that above his bed, above his own bed. So I, and I was sleeping in that bed That's that weird. night. So like I literally had to sleep underneath the killer from the film I just seen, and also that is weird. in screen.
0: Yeah.
2: It is not unlikely for that to be one of the scenes where like. Oh, it's just a little costume from about the killer we got hanging mm-hmm. from the ceiling, and then that is the killer actually, really. <laughs> and then they stab you in the night. Um, yeah. So like, as that was the first night I saw it, it was it hanging over me, and then every night I tried to get... because it was just all these horrible thoughts of like all the different murders that happen in the film, and like just all, all the people that this. The beginning
0: was, is one of the great. I think it's one of the great openings to a film. Screen two is a genuinely the cinema horrifying. Yeah. Brilliant, scary sequence. Yeah. But also with that as well, it's like,
2: oh, like, no one will help you.
0: Yeah. And they all think it's part of the show. Yeah. The
2: yeah. So, like, there was that. So,
0: and and that's, I was just running over all the...
2: Because also you're going, OK, so why did those two kill everyone? <laughs> and just, like, trying to go over it and trying to work it out. And going, oh... But she was acting so normal for the whole film. Mm. A lady was acting just really normal. And she was murdering these kids. <laughs> Yeah. And like, and it was, I just couldn't get, it. I thought I was, I literally was not sleeping, and I don't know how I eventually got out of it, and was managed to, you know, I probably watched a really happy film, and snapped myself out of it, but like, I I couldn't tell any of my friends.
0: Have you seen Scream 1? Have you never, have um, Have
2: no. never revisited it? But I only watched it recently. No. I think, I, I've watched all of them. Okay. And I like, I've watched the Scream TV series on Netflix, which most people would tell you is a part of the shit, and. What would you say? I think it is, but deliberately, <laughs> but deliberately. <laughs> Go on.
0: Well, because the, seen it.
2: the films are making fun of horror films, yeah. which I didn't realise at the time when I was watching it. I thought it was just a genuine horror film. Yeah. But, like, the films are kind of making fun of horror films and stuff like that, and they deliberately, deliberately have bits that are badly acted and things like that. And that's what... The TV series have bits that are deliberately hammy and, like, over-the-top, and bits that are a bit parody, and stuff like that. But, like, it stays really true to the films. Anyone who gets annoyed with this TV series, you know, well, if well, if you like the films... Yeah. It's what the T V series. It's doing exactly what the T V what the film did. It's just doing it to the nth degree because it's also making fun of the film. Right. So it's just doing it's doing that on top of
0: it. But I, I quite enjoy it's just like something easy to watch. So you say easy, I mean when you were fourteen you couldn't sleep for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I couldn't sleep for two weeks So now is it like a little like, No it's pretty long. I can watch that kind of stuff now. I can watch a series. I'm a Brave Boy now. Yeah.
2: For a while it was just like films like that. The other film that scared me a lot was Hannibal. Right. Because that was the first film I've seen where um someone ate a brain? Yes, someone ate a brain, but also like a lot of the stuff in Hannibal that's really awful. You don't see it happen. So there's the stuff that you had to imagine. Like because with that scene, for example, all the stuff in between. You go, know, well, how oh, so does he drugs him? And then what does he? He's just got him sitting there. He's just talking to him. Yeah. He's cut his fucking head open, and he's like feeding his own brain. That that bit in particular was just like I couldn't stop thinking about it. How yeah. horrible it was. So I think these are all like pre the whole accepted death thing. Okay. Because it's suddenly being reduced to that. So it's like, if that was me, and that happened to me, if someone did that to me, yeah. is that all I am? I'm just a piece of meat that can be manipulated. And then suddenly, if I'm drugged up enough, I feel like that. I'm that stupid that I'll just eat my own brain, yeah. and I'll say shitty things to the people at the dinner table, and I won't realise... When he throws the tea towel on his head, yeah. that's the worst for me, because he treats him like he's nothing. Yeah. At that point, he's just there with his brain exposed, drooling, but still alive... Yeah. And Hannibal's wheeled him into the kitchen and he just wipes his hands on the tea towel and just throws it on his head like it's a, it's a chair, it's just a stand. Yeah. And it just covers his face and it's on his brain. And you're like, oh, that's
0: all I am. Just a brain and a bit
2: of meat. I'm nothing. And it's that.
0: And that, that scared me. I once worked with a, uh, an old man whose job in the, I don't remember what time, he worked for a studio in mm-hmm. Hollywood. And his job was to come up, they made loads and loads of B-movie horror films. Yeah. And his, literally his job was to come up with deaths, ways of like cool deaths, scary yeah. deaths. And he said his favourite one that he came up with was they put a guy to sleep, they cut open the top of his skull so his brain's exposed, they wheel him in front of a mirror and then they wake him up. And when he wakes up he sees himself and he goes, ah, and puts his hands to his head in yeah. shock and crushes his own brain. <laughs> puts his fingers through his brain. That was his best. Having to think of that, having that—that's your job. Yeah. Think
2: of that stuff. I just get worried about myself.
0: He was a lovely man, family man. What is the film that made you cry the most? Pride. I love Pride. Yeah. Love that film. Love
2: it. One of my favourite films of recent years. Love it. And I Can saw
0: it that more than say Saving Mr. Banks.
2: Well, I do not watch Saving Mr. Banks,
0: <laughs> but like um, I cry at
2: stuff that makes me feel. I
0: guess, happy,
2: rather than sad.
0: Although, I don't know. For those of you who don't know, you might not know, Pride is a wonderful film about the miners in Wales. Yeah. Finding forces with the gay community. Yeah.
2: So the uh, the gay community basically decides to support the miners because uh, the miners... Because basically, there's a scene at the beginning of the film where they're, they're saying, we haven't been hassled for ages. Yeah. And we normally get loads of shit from the police all the time. And why is that not happening now? And it's because they're hassling somebody else. They're hassling the minors now. And so we can either just go, great. Yeah. Or we can get behind them and support them even though they didn't support us and no one supported us. And that alone, mm. for a little Christian boy, yeah. <laughs> for somebody who've been behaving you'd go, oh, it's so nice. And so, i say, so, so first I watched it in the cinema and I don't do crying in the cinema, so I kind of like was fine. But I loved it. And so I bought, the DVD. Right. Which I don't really do any these days, but I bought the DVD and I watched it on my own one night mm. and I honestly think I cried for the whole film mm. and at the end, the back of my head, the head muscles hurt because I've been crying so it had been, it'd been like my whole... It was it, trying to produce more tears? It had all been wrinkled and was yeah. tensed for the whole film and it genuinely hurt and I was trying not to cry because it was like that was hurting so much and it was... There's so many scenes in it. There's scenes that most films would save just to the end and it's every scene in Pride. So every scene in it is potentially the end of a film where they try and make you cry (laughs) and just all the way through.
0: My all-time favourite show that I saw at the on stage yeah. is Our House the musical which I went to see. my dad got us tickets for Boxing Day yes. and I thought what the fuck is this shit fucking madness This is going to be shit <laughs> yeah. and I cried all the way throughout it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it's such Life. an amazing story it's so beautifully done and it's directed by Matthew Walkers and when I saw Pride mm. I was like this is the most joyful beautiful film I've ever seen and then I saw it at the end directed by Matthew Walkers I thought of course it is it's they made Our House <laughs> <laughs> <The masterpiece. laughs> I didn't know
2: that, didn't I? I knew that about that musical. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I mean, the cast is amazing. The story is really... Weirdly, the only bit that doesn't make me cry is the bit where they really try and make you cry. (laughs) So there's there's this one bit where everyone starts singing. Yes. They're in this village hall, and I can't remember what's just happened, but something bad has just happened. Like, you know, they've basically been told they're not going to get what they want, or whatever it is, and a lady gets up and starts singing... And then everyone oh, like yeah, singing yeah. together. And that's the only bit that doesn't make me cry, even though I'm sure that most people cry at that bit. But for some yeah. reason, I'm like, nah, you're trying to make me cry. <laughs> forget it. I shit. saw this coming. But whereas everything else, it's just like, you're watching, yeah, like, you know, people, like, coming together and supporting each other and, and people, like, uh, tweets, coming over, you know, people coming out, people realising
0: they've got AIDS. And, like, there's so much, like, Dominic West does an amazing oh. dance in it and I, I West I, I remember thinking yeah. as an actor, if I in my if I got the part and I was reading the description it says, Oh, by the way, you have to do a massive yep. dance in front of a crowd of people, I'd be like, Oh shit and he really goes for <laughs> it. He really, he really, really goes for it. it.
2: It does. And like there's that Billy Brown song at the end. The No I I don't
0: think this is a spoiler. What I found about Pride is it's such for a film that's you know, it's a, it can could be a heavy subject. It's so joyful and it's so full of love yeah. and hope and wonder. But then the film ends and then it shows up like titles of where the people are now, kind of yeah. titles. And all the titles are so depressing <laughs> they're the saddest the <laughs> fucking t- Some of like, them are oh, okay. Hmm, I don't think... One of them's very sad, but like it's... You're like, you ended that film right yeah. before it all got really Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The they do deal with that. Well, but also, there's plenty of sad stuff in the film. But like, the fact that they make the main message about supporting each other and uh supporting your neighbors and like not it's the, the whole kind of thing about you know not leaving people high and dry just because they're not fighting the same course as you or whatever it is like you know it's because they've got a different battle and it's not your battle and actually yeah. just like still going no we get we've got the same oppressors or whatever so like yeah it's it was great and uh, paddy Considine's amazing in it mother no, yeah. staunton's amazing yeah. bill Nye like it's uh, bill Nye making
0: sandwiches come on
2: well, that scene, yes. Yeah. When, when he's making this... That's one of the many scenes that makes you cry. When he, that is so well done. Mm. Yeah, there's too It's a scene after scene that this destroys me. And like I I was an absolute wreck by the time I saw that film second time.
0: Do you like... I don't mean this sort of weirdly. Do you like crying? Were you like, oh, this is I a good now. thing? I
2: do I didn't cry for years. So my... I, I cried when I was... I think 17, my cat died and I cried. Mm -hmm. And I didn't cry again. Until Pride. (laughs) Well, not far off. Like, maybe until I was 30. Wow. Like, I just didn't cry. Couldn't cry. Wasn't trying to necessarily, but like, I was like, I just don't, I guess that's the thing, I just don't cry. Yeah. And then that was it.
0: And then... I felt that way until I saw saving Mr Banks. Right, (laughs) and then that was it. I'm doing 20 years. Yeah. You seem like a man of principle. And mm, so yeah. the next question I have for you is, what is the film that you love unashamedly yeah. but that is bad, that is certainly critically reviled? People say, this film is bad, but you're yeah. like, fuck you, this film's amazing. Final Destination 5. Lovely choice. Yeah. Is that the roller coaster one? Uh, the no, it's not the roller coaster one. Car
2: one? It's the final one. It's the final, final, oh, destination. final, final, final destination. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, was, it was 3D. At the FFD. Center. FFD yeah. 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a film. Talk to me. I so, said, I, had I love it. all the Final Destination films. Yeah, great film. And what I love about them is that it's essentially the same comedy sketch over and over again. And you, you know what the punchline's going to be every time. So, you just go, here's a bunch of sketches. Yeah. And at the end, they're going to die. <laughs> so, the end, the end, ca- the main character in the sketch is yeah. going to die. And you know that. And the laughs are... All the different ways that they could possibly die. And then at the end, we kill, kill them in a way that you don't suspect.
0: And it's just funny. So it's like the fast show. It's just catchphrase comedy. You know yeah. what the punchline is. It's just how are they going to get to it?
2: Somehow bigger? trying to reinvent it every single time. And I think it's brilliant. And by the time they get to Final Destination 5, they fully know that's all this is.
0: Right. So they don't really bother with the plot. What's the, big, the big thing, the premonition death... At the beginning, in fact. Yeah. Is it the driving with the logs on the motorway? No, so... Or is it the bad... Although that, that's, that's like a... That's
2: another one. That's like quite an early one. Okay. It is... I'm pretty sure... Because now I'm worried that I'm getting them mixed up. But I'm pretty sure I'm not. It's a bridge collapses and they're all on this bus. Okay. And uh, they somehow survive it. So, yeah... It's small for
0: them. It's quite a small...
2: It's step. pretty huge. Okay. <laughs> it's a big bridge. The bridge <laughs> collapsing. It's a, it is a big bridge. Okay. So it's like a... You
0: know, and it's got lots of cars on the bridge? And lots of cars.
2: Okay.
0: Everyone's dying.
2: Okay. It's really fucked. <laughs> okay. And,
0: like, someone gets, like, boiling tar pour, poured on them. Why? Uh, I kind of want you to spoil this. So don't listen if you yeah. don't want you to spoil, but if it's the final, final, final destination, yeah. uh, do they cure death? How do they stop it? How is it the final one? They do not cure death. So and
2: here's the help. thing, and I know what you're going to say when I tell you this, and I did not do this deliberately, but it is not the final one it reveals it happened before the first one. It was the first. And it was the first, and it triggers the whole thing. So that's what's quite... Yeah, that's cool. What's quite great about it is that even the people who hate it and say it's rubbish go, credit where it's due, it's a really good twist, because you don't realise until the end, oh, they've not been using modern technology, this was set yeah, before that part. But cool. you don't realise it for the whole film. You're just like,
0: you don't realise any of that. And then you realise, oh, this was before the first one. That's what they did. I, I, my favourite sort of not loved horror yeah. series is yeah. paranormal activity yeah and paranormal right. activity the marked ones yeah where they really went off piste right at the end is he sort of has accidentally become a ghost kind of thing like he's gone through a dimension where he yeah. can't be seen and he walks through a door into the first paranormal activity right. and right. the big scary noises in the house are him just walking around oh. trying to be heard Nice. Great. It's, it's great. It's great. It is great. <laughs> Give me the shivers. It's really cool. <laughs> but like, also, I saw
2: it on the so my first ever solo show at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm-hmm. Which any comic who's done Edinburgh will tell you that, that debut show is you're not really prepared for how it's going to make you feel. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel more anxious than you thought you would. More stressed. Your ego takes a real beat in. You have a lot of doubt, and it's a quite a stressful month. And at the end of the month, I booked. I train back a little bit too late. So maybe, like, I had a whole day Awful. in Edinburgh and nothing Awful. to do... ...and everyone else had gone home... ...apart yeah. from me, Tom Rosenthal from the title, ...and I think it was Lee and Paul from Late Night Gimp Fight. Okay. But I'm not sure if any of the others... ...maybe Matt was there as well. But we all decided we were going to go and see... Final Destination 5 at the cinema. We were, Let's just go see that and we've got nothing to do. And we went there and watching... ...after a month of being at a festival... Where we're all obsessed over making these perfect shows that that will impress the critics and impress the awards panel and all this kind of stuff. And then you go and see a film that's literally gone, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care about... Any, any, ever, any of you say about this, we know this is fun, we're just going to have a load of fun with this film. And, we, and we're now putting it in 3D so that you can... Really, yeah. also a 3D film where I was glad it was in 3D where it's not I'm just sitting there going yeah. oh yeah, they've added a lot of depth to it so it actually can seem further oh, away. Yeah. Who well, cares, cares about that? Stick it in your face. I want it, in, it my in my face. face. All, I do, all, all the 3D films with it in my face I want to see you know the bridge fall apart and everything is, you know, exploding in out at my me face yeah it not was... away from my face yeah well one of them literally I'm already sat at the back all these metal rods slide off of a lorry and just yeah, go yeah, through yeah. someone and they all come right at you oh I would love that film it's great so like it was it was such a good film to watch and go oh yeah you know what when I'm in the audience I just want to enjoy myself and have fun and uh, that's why your second
0: enemy had a lot of you just pointing into the audience's face I'm pointing in the oh, face and, and killing them all yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, That was my favorite show you did. Okay. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadski speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. Right. The next thing I want to know, then, is what is the film that has the most meaning to you? Not because you love the film, per se, but because of the circumstances in which you saw it. For example, yes. first date with someone when you mm. fell in love with them or whatever. Yeah. What's the film, the experience of watching that film that is your...
2: So, favorite? this is one of my favourite films as well. So, it's Boy, which is a film by Taika... Uh, oh, Okay who people will know from, he did 4 Ragnarok, but he also did... Um, what We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows, um, and...
0: The Wonderful...
2: The Wilder People, but like... Hunt for the Wilder, Hunt for the Wilder Hunt People. for the Wilder People, which is great. Um, and Eagle vs. Sharps, his first film. Boy was his second one, but based on like a short film we'd done before Eagle have not Sharp. seen Boy. Boy is one of my favourite films ever. Okay. And I watched it, it was the first time I went to New Zealand, and I am in love with that country. Yeah. And... Some of that is probably because my ex-girlfriend is from there. Okay. And so, like, I spent a lot of time there. But, what was not, but what's nice is that I know that, you know, my relationship with that country and my relationship with her are two different things. and <laughs> <That's> good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't know that. And, I mean, like, you know, for a while I thought... My ex-girlfriend, oh, New Zealand. I thought it's just connected together, like It's just because of her that I like it so much. Right. And then, like, I went there after uh, the breakup and I was like, oh, no, I just love... Which is lovely as well. To go That's back, news, go back and go... Ruined. I love everything about this country. It's so great. And I was really lucky to go out with her and have it that she, because she was really proud of where she came from mm-hmm. and uh, I got to spend a lot more time, like, you know, immersed in that when I was over there with her and meeting her family. And, you know, and like, there's so much in that film. I just, I actually, yeah, I really love it. Because the first time I saw it was when, it was the first time I went to New Zealand, I just had a, a, a different breakup. It sounds like I'm always getting, <laughs> I'm always having breakups, but I just had a breakup. And I went to New Zealand. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went to New Zealand like a week after having a breakup.
1: Right.
2: I'd never been before. I was going for the, the comedy festival, and it was just like exactly what I needed. I was very lucky. So, you know, there's loads of times when you're really lucky to have this job, mm-hmm. and that was one of the times. Of like how fortunate that this is my job, and that I get to just go on a plane. <laughs> yeah. And I went there, and it, I just had this amazing time discovering <laughs> this new place. It felt really good, and then. Someone organised, someone called Heidi O'Loughlin, uh, Heidi, she sorted out a, a boy... She, she knew most of us hadn't seen Boy. Mm-hmm. She was like, we're all going to watch it this afternoon at the Classic, which is the venue. And she'd, like, mm-hmm. sorted out, a, like, a big TV, Gone out and bought Boy. And she was like, we're going to watch it at this time and come along if you want to watch it. And so I went along and it was unlike any film I'd seen before, really. It mm-hmm. was it's a really beautiful film that makes you care about all of the characters but never really puts them in too much danger... And yet, you still feel worried for them for the whole thing. It doesn't really like. It's no huge peril, but it's just quite sad anyway. The circumstances are quite sad. Mm. And so, you just with them every step of the way, and it's a very uh, it's a very funny film in parts as well, but like, it's really one of a kind. And that was like the first time I saw it, it made me feel really. Um, I'd already kind of like growing to love New Zealand anyway, and that really locked it in of like, yeah. oh, I love this, because it's such a New Zealand film, but not in a way that. There were some films that have been it's made... It's prohibitive. But the one that with Jake the Muss in that everyone talks about, which is like the first... What, what is it called? Well, it's a horrible film about domestic violence.
0: Oh, yeah, Once well, to Warriors. Yes. Yes.
2: And people associate those kind of gritty yeah, yeah. films of New Zealand a lot of the time. Like it has made films that are quite gritty and horrible and, and often don't really celebrate the country much, whereas mm. the type of films, I feel, really celebrate New Zealand and what's great about it. And... Even though Pride is the film that I cry at the most, mm. boy is getting there and boy is the fastest I cry at a film. Right. Boy I cry at the first line immediately. But the fact it opens and it's it's a close up of, of boy.
0: Right.
2: So like it's just his is face
0: boy, is boy a
2: boy. Yeah. Okay. His face fills the screen and he says Kiora and then I cry immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: it's such a the opening is just like he's smiling and he's saying something that I've only heard people say in New Zealand, they probably say it other places. But like, it's so such a an opening of just them being proud of New Zealand immediately. Which especially because there's a bit of a culture in New Zealand from you've got to be humble and not proud of yourself and stuff like that. Right. And so well, maybe not proud of yourself, but not big headed and not arrogant. But that opening is just so proud of their country and, mm-hmm. and a bit of their, and it just immediately makes me cry straight away. Yeah. And uh, I, love, I love it. And, yeah, that, that first viewing was just a very special thing. I feel like it's a...
0: And it sort of helped you heal in your
2: breakup? It probably helped me heal, yeah, both breakups that I, that I mentioned. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that first one, definitely, because it was like uh, I just needed to get away, go somewhere else, and then realise there's this amazing place full of amazing people, and, like, and just having that experience was great. And then uh, the other relationship where, yeah, she was from New Zealand 'cause because... I didn't have any hard feelings towards her. She's brilliant. And then
0: a film like that kind of just reminds me that, she, yeah, she's brilliant. And that, and that feels good. When I, I was... When my first girlfriend I was with for three years. Yeah. And uh, when she broke up with me, the day she broke up with me, we had tickets to a preview of Requiem for a Dream, because <laughs> we'd really liked the trailer and we'd liked yeah, Darren his last film. Course, yeah. and I she And she broke up with me and I was in my room sort of crying and I was sad. And then I thought, I'm not going to miss out on this. Like, I could stay here and cry all night, but I've got yeah. a ticket to this film. Yeah. And so I went to see a, a preview <laughs> of Requiem Dream. <laughs> Tell you what, right cheered me up. Yeah, did it? <laughs> but I felt much better. Well, at least that's that. not me. No, I thought, well, I,
2: I think Requiem for a Dream's got a happy ending, but... No. That's my theory. No, one of the saddest ended famously when the saddest and ended, yeah, ended it's you know, it's all it's in all the time. Because I feel like at the end of Breaking of Dream,
0: everyone's life's gonna get better. Everyone's life's gonna get better where it ends. It's like pride it can't get it's any like worse. Pride because it can't. Pride ends and you go, Oh fuck, you hear what happened next. Yeah. Breaking the dream goes he's clean now, he's gonna be alright, he's gonna get out of prison, he's gonna be fine. She's yes. she's in a mad coma where she's mad and she's happy and she's on TV. Uh, he's he's lost his arm. he's gonna be fine and he's gonna go and get her and they're gonna yeah. be in love and be back together. It's a love of the ending. I don't know how you have got that from that. Speaking of um sexy films, <laughs> what's what's uh what's the I mean yeah. I know you're a very you're a, uh, you're a very sexual animal. Yep. What's the uh What's the film you think is the sexiest? What's the film oh, that gave you the most trouble in your pants? Yeah, so it's not the film I think is the sexiest.
2: Now mm-hmm. I don't know what film that would even be. I don't really watch films a lot. I think are ah, so sexy, right?
0: Not since the rescue of Dan and
2: No, right. But um, the only thing I've watched and I've been like, "This is so sexy." Was yeah. American Pie because <laughs> you love pie because of how old I was.
0: I was thirteen. Oh, so yeah, well, asking. there's... Well, except the, the the sort of sexy in the American Pie is, like, revenge porn assault, isn't it? What happens? They set up cameras and make her yeah, but film her. 13, I'm not intellectual enough to know yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh,
2: my God, there's boobs in a film. Yeah. Like, there was never that. I've never seen that before in a film. No, and she's beautiful. She's actually beautiful. So there was that. There's the really... There's the hot mum the guy gets yeah. to sleep with. That's really sexy. Oh, genuinely... In that film, yeah. I was like, I, I w- would oh, like to have part. sex. I would like to have sex with everyone right now. This film is maybe the sex is the best thing ever. Is that the first time you thought that? Thirteen. Probably. At 13. Well, no, I don't know. Like, I, I remember, I've spoken about this on other podcasts before, but my, my, my awakening was watching a cartoon. Mm. I think it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon about two eggs. And a boy egg and a girl egg walk around the kitchen, and the boy egg fancied the girl egg, and they're both quite innocent-looking little eggs. And the girl egg falls into a pot of boiling water, Jesus. but then she comes out, and she's really sexy, like uh, Sandy D at the end of like uh, a in *Sexy Greece. Egg*. Yeah, she like was a like wearing a leather jacket. So yeah, suddenly she's like that, and she's, and she's really mean. And I was like, I want to bang that egg, but like, <laughs> mean, I mean egg. Yeah, you wanted the mean one. I wanted the mean one, the main which explains why I'm thirty three and single still. It's because I've always gone for the wrong girls. <laughs> well, your story's ended but like, uh yeah. But like that was the first time I was like, oh, I think uh,
0: Well the thing is you went from eggs to pie. I mean there's a clear trajectory. Eggs to pie. You're pies in myself. Yeah, pies yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I was just interested in the ingredients like to the pie. Eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly that's the kind of stuff I should be watching. It's, Great British bacon. Great British Don't go bitch. anywhere near me.
0: <laughs> absolutely. That's why you've never been invited. Oh, oh, on come this on. Paul Hollywood, you lucky son of a gun. <laughs> OK. Thank you. That's a good answer. OK, this one. The question is, what is the film that you most related to? What film have you watched where you thought, that's me, that? Whether yeah. it's the character or the vibe of the film or... Yes. Now... <laughs> You can be as arrogant as you want, or
2: whatever. What's the thing you think? I I think I've maybe got this one wrong.
0: Okay, go
2: on. But it's a film... Maybe it's not that I relate to it. No, it relates to how I thought about stuff. So, before the comedy, I was in a load of bands, yeah. and the aim was never to be necessarily, like... Seen or ...massive or famous, yeah. yeah. It was to do something significant within music, make a difference, And, and always felt like... People would always, like... You're never gonna get. Any, you know, you're told a lot, especially in Kevin, you're not gonna get anywhere, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna happen. And you think oh, just trying and just doing it is enough. And uh, this, this is, and that's like kind of what I tell myself a lot. But it's only me telling myself that. Do you really have anyone else reinforcing that and going, yeah, just you know, it's enough that you're doing it. And you yeah. probably, you know, who knows, you might write a song and then no one hears it, but then. 10 years' time, someone picks it up and likes it. Yeah, you know, there's that, but I was trying to say to myself, that might happen. You know, if you're doing something that you really like, other people will find
0: it eventually and yeah. they'll like it. And um, there's a film called Fish Story. It's a lesbian film. No. No, that's Go Fish Story. Uh,
2: but, you know, of course of co- course, you've heard of that one and not this one.
0: But uh, <laughs> Fish Story, come on, what is it?
2: So it's a film about... It's about a band... Yes. ...who are recording a? I think it's a single... And they find out while they're recording it, it might even be an album. They find out while they're recording it that they're getting dropped from the label and that this is the last album and that they're done. And they got nothing, this band, besides, yeah. and they, they're splitting up. And uh, they record this final song, and he's using lyrics that he's he got from a book that he read, which is a book that no one's heard of and that, like, you know, never, never did any business. And um, I think there's only, like, can't remember in the film now but if there's like even only one copy of it he's got hold of it it's like something ridiculous there's this story behind this book he meets his note and while he's singing it he makes a speech to the record label kind of saying how much he doesn't care about that they're dropping them and then when the record label released the album they cut his speech out but they leave it there's just silence so there's a song and then there's this block of silence and then the song starts again and then it's like a little kind of cult album and people have theories about the silence and it's like a haunted thing or something like that and it's all like through different times so the next kind of time period is someone going home it's kind of quite a weedy guy he gets pushed around by a lot of people driving home on his own and this song in the tape deck and the silence comes on and during the silence he hears a scream and he stops and realizes there's a woman getting assaulted mm-hmm. and he goes up to try and help her it just like fades out on that and you don't really see what happens and then there's another scene that's like on a boat and these terrorists take over the boat and then one of the passengers is this uh boy who just is like a martial arts master like an indestructible kid Mm -hmm. just takes them all on on his own destroys them and one of the other passengers is this girl who was asleep and he kind of saves her life basically and then she goes to school does really well becomes like a Genius mathematician, and then there's an asteroid heading for Earth that's going to kill everybody in the future. Is this a Japanese film? Yes, I had I didn't know. And this then one. she this is the whole plot of the film, but yeah. you had to
0: come yeah, tell yeah, I it. Feel like your mum okay. "Oh, what, yeah. how
2: far into yeah this it, is it, quite exactly?" This is exactly what I was like <laughs> when I was a kid. But then she's basically the mathematician who figures out how to stop the asteroid. So if that band, because also also save the world, also the kid who's like the kung fu master, the martial arts master, yeah, is the child of the guy and the woman in the, uh, by, right. by, by the side of the road. So the guy who saves that woman, they go out, and then he trains the kids who a doesn't want to be a wimp like him. Why is it
0: called Fish Story? Is the book is called
2: about? Fish Story okay. that, he, that he reads, and then the song is called Fish Story that they write. Like. So it's kind of about, That's, if you do anything creative, it's, ta- it's, it's taking it to the nth degree and going, you could be a little shitty punk band who no one listens to. And you save the world.
0: I think, I like that you relate to that, but I would say if you want to be sort of a creative person that no one sees and then you'll discover many of you there, oh, don't put yourself on Netflix. <laughs> well, my, my attitude changed a bit.
2: Okay. No, that, that, it's not, you know, it's still like, it's it, basically the whole thing about it, it's just worth it to try. you know, Just like doing that. it, it's positive, whatever you're doing, if you're being creative, it's having a positive effect. And, and
0: you saw to, this when you were in your band? Yeah. I love
2: that. Yeah, and it, it, it just takes it to its, like, it takes that theory to its most preposterous limits. And it's a bit Tarantino-esque, the mm. film, and um, there's this great uh, montage at the end where they just show everything in order, so they show the guy's struggling to get his book made and how it eventually leads to the world being saved. I love- um, and it's, uh, it's just quite, it's like that and School of Rock both made me feel like, just worth it to try and be creative. That's all it is. It's just like it's enough to just try. School of Rock is
0: one of my top five of all time.
2: One of the best films. So great. Perfect film. So amazing.
0: Yeah. You, what's interesting about Fish Story is actually it sounds a bit like Final Destination in terms of mm. this leads to this leads to this leads yeah. to this but it's the opposite leads to saving lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, good at the end. Yeah, You're yeah. like a, like a mousetrap. Yeah, and music will save us all. Yeah. That,
2: so I still believe that. You believe that? Yeah. I mean, music, music gets me through yeah. Anything.
0: It's great. It's amazing. No, I, Magical. I, I believe that. Yeah. A side note then, what's the film with the best soundtrack? You can only have one. I like a lot of films that John Bryan does the music for. Yes. And... Uh, I Heart Huckabees is one of
2: my favourite albums. Yeah. I, 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 I Heart Huckabees was nearly my film that I loved at the time. And yeah. Right now. It still is a bit too much of its time. And also, David Russell has made much better films since. But I Heart is a great soundtrack. And maybe that would be it. Or...
0: We can come back to that. What film do you think is objectively? It might not be your favorite film, but oh. that you are like technically that is the greatest film of all time. In the same way, critics usually say Citizen Kane or Vertigo. It might not be your favorite, but you go, oh, oh yeah, that fair enough. That is the greatest film I ever made. Oh, okay.
2: So I interpret this one to be my favorite one. Uh, what do you
0: but I <laughs> you know, and something like something like Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a great film. Mm. but I don't think you're going to go. Well, let's put Schindler's List on. Sure. It's Friday night. <laughs> well,
2: it's right. I think, if I was to say who the greatest director of all time was, I'd say Stanley Kubrick. Okay. So what do you think is his greatest film then, I guess? I think his greatest film is probably the only one that I didn't like all the way through. Which is what? I don't want to say it's a great film, but I'd say it's the one that I would say... Like, if someone was saying, well, show me the greatest film of all time. Yeah,
0: Aliens come, you can only show them one, for they want to know what's the greatest yeah. film. What is this medium of film?
2: Like, I might...
0: But then I didn't like it. <laughs> That's of, okay. 2001? Right. Like, Great. Like, I mean, I'll probably show them
2: that, but i go, listen, Aliens, <laughs> before I watch this, full disclosure, I like the bit with the monkeys at the beginning. Yeah. And I really love the Howl story. Yeah. And everything else, I, I'm going to fast-forward it. Okay. And, but they're, like, going,
0: and
2: they're going, we're just saying this. Yeah, yeah. what? Let's this one. Okay, this is a very long... I wish the film was just the Howl thing. And I would like it more, but then, if it was just the Howl thing for the whole film... I might not show it to people as an example of here. like Yeah, because the whole thing is like... You still get to the end and go, well, that's impressive.
0: That's yeah. amazing that you did that. That's incredible. Also that he did it before... Yeah. People went to the moon and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So before, before he was he didn't, didn't Yeah, before <laughs> he, 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 did, he, he... Well, after the they movement. saw that, they'd be like, yeah, he could do a moon landing. Yeah, land. he did the moon landing and then put clues in The Shining yeah. that he'd done the moon landing, apparently. Yeah. I, I, I know all about that. Yeah. Before we get to the final question, one bonus question, and I just want... I don't to being too negative, yeah. but if we could quickly go with... What do you think's the worst film? What's your, what is the worst film you've ever seen? Treponition,
2: starring Sandra Bullock. On paper, this sounds fun. Yeah. She lives a week in the wrong order. That sounds great. And her husband dies. Oh. So day one, her husband dies in a um, lorry accident. Mm-hmm. And sounds on your street Yeah, And then she wakes up the next morning, yeah. and it's... He's alive. Mm-hmm. But it's earlier in the week. And she wakes up again. It's the funeral. So she's figuring right. out how to save him. And that sounds great. It sounds like Final Designation. It is awful. It's like Final Designation. It's so boringly written.
0: Right.
2: It doesn't work. The ending is ridiculous that she ends up being the one who kills him in the car. Oh, wow. But, like... <laughs> sounds so good. It's absolutely awful. It's so bad. I would have walked out the cinema, but when I saw it... I could only, i couldn't really afford to go to the cinema very often, so I was like, "Well, take it." Here I am. I've got to watch it. It was absolutely
0: horrendous. Did you
2: ever walk? Uh, I tell this story on podcast. You and
0: I—I I, I think one of the significant times where, yeah. I, where I made a decision about what I think about art and stuff yes. happened with you because you and I yeah. went on a date to see the to see the film Snowtown. Yes. Snowtown, which is about the true story of a serial killer in Australia. And it is such a depressing, bleak, horrible film that although I think technically it's very well made, I hate that film. I think it's I don't know why it exists, I don't know what it's for. And there was (laughs) we were sat there an hour in and we'd paid twenty quid a ticket and it was like a Saturday night and about an hour into an already horrendously bleak film, one brother wrestles his other brother to the floor and starts raping him, and the camera just stays in the corridor just watching a boy be raped by his brother. And I turned to James and I said, that's entertainment! (laughs) Because I thought, what are we doing here? Why are we we watching this? And it made me realise that my big theory, which is that drama without jokes, without Humour in it sure. is bad art. It's, right. It means you have not looked at life, you have not understood life. Because when you read true stories of the Holocaust, people in concentration camps, they made jokes like that. Right. People make people. Yeah. There are moments of humour even in the darkest shit. And if yeah. your film doesn't have a fucking joke in it, you have <laughs> failed at. I would say doing that. Like, it's bad art. Right. Look at well, fucking Manchester by the Sea. Tragic, heartbreaking, yeah. hilarious, loads of jokes.
2: There's still some jokes in there. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, you have to dig deep to find them, but like, yeah, there's still some jokes <laughs> in Manchester by the Sea. Anyway. But, but Manchester by the Sea has, also, I would say, mm-hmm. it has relatable stuff in it. Snowtown, Yeah. doesn't know. have a bit where you go, oh yeah, that's like, unless you've been through any of that horrific shit, Yeah. it's not, and even then, if you have, it's not a relatable thing in a good way. You know, like in, in Manchester by the Sea, you can go, okay, yeah, like, even though I've not been through any of this stuff, I can see <clears> how, like, as human beings, you know, empathise with them. Oh, imagine that happening to you. I, I, I can see how he feels like that. And her, she, she's in this awful position. And, yeah. one, she, and you really feel for them all. And with Snowtown, it's like, this is just horrible. Yeah, it was really it's like, what's Horrible the thing after game? horrible thing. And yeah, I have to know it. that it really happened. Yeah. And um the world is horrible as you do Yeah, really awful, really awful. But at least that it got a reaction out of me that I was like, Oh that's so horrible and it really messed with me. Mm. Premonition was like, No I just hate it, it's just rubbish, it's boring, it's badly <laughs> written, <laughs> badly acted, it's ridiculous and also I hate it when people take a what well, it's quite a good idea. Great. You did and exactly completely hoof it over the bar and, and ruin it, so like, yeah.
0: Okay, so to to end on a more positive I'm sorry for being yeah. briefly negative there. So this is the, the final question is, not what is the greatest film, what is the film that you I guess it depends on your definition. I'd say yeah. this is your favourite film. What's the film that you could watch the most forever
2: or have watched the most and yeah. I'm very happy if I said to you, Oh, that film's only be like, Oh great, let's watch it again. Sure. Why would you say this is our favourite this is your favourite film, if so it's one you could watch over and over? Because I don't think this is my favourite film. It's one of my favourite films. Go on. So, this is Final Tap is my answer. For the film I can watch over and over again. Great answer. Because I have watched it over and over again, and I know right. I can do it. It's the film <laughs> I've seen the most out of any film. Right. The last time I saw it was at the cinema, mm-hmm. because they were doing the screening, and it's the only time I've been in a cinema where the laughs were all at the start of each scene. So, literally, the scene would open, and the audience would laugh, because we all knew what was going to happen. I right. mean, we weren't necessarily laughing at the jokes, but like, you know, as soon as I'm having it memory. Because yeah. you go, know, oh I can't wait for this. Because it would open it would be his hands playing the piano, mm. and you go, They're gonna do Lit My Love Pub, this is so funny, <laughs> it's gonna be that scene. Yeah. And so like every bit of that film, every line is funny. You can just completely get lost in all of it. Like I, I watched it for the first time, didn't think it was funny. Me and my brother watched it. I was like, Why are people talking about that film? And then we started quoting it, even though we didn't like it. <laughs> and we were like well, if we quoted it, maybe we'd watch it again. And we watched it again, it was the best film I'd ever seen. So funny. And yeah. then I had it on video, we taped it off TV. And I just went round all of my friends' houses, like, you've got to watch it. And made all my friends watch it. And did they not like it the first time you made them watch no, it No, they quite liked it, it, actually. Well, some of them did, some of them didn't. But my friend Jake and my friend, two of my friends really liked it. Okay. And so they wanted to also show it to other people. So it was always watching with people. And then I went to college to do a music course and uh, met my friend Graham there. Who I'm still friends with now, who I was in loads of bands with. But his favourite film was also *Spinal Tap*, so we were quoting it yeah. all the time. So all the time and just kept on. If, if there was a where
0: was it at college?
2: Uh, Northampton, Northampton. We did a BTEC course in music practice. It was I'm not, seeing not why a good it's so many women broke up with you. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> Well, no, no
2: one has broken up with me. That I don't think I have a proper girlfriend at that. Right, yeah, of, I've never, yeah. You know, but busy like two busy masturbating two eggs. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. If we were ever yeah. in a music shop, yeah, we had to go up to the guitars and go, "Still the old tagline, still the old tagline." Never been played it. I like having to do stuff yeah. like that all the time. Great. Right. And so, the one I enjoy watching the most over and over again.
0: So what's your... So you said that isn't your favourite. What's your favourite film? And then I guess we haven't asked that. Yeah. To end with, what is your, your absolute...
2: My favourite thing? film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind.
0: Oh, that is and so your
2: film. film. Of course it is. Of course it is. Did you even have to ask? surely yeah, you know that's, that's my is. favourite
0: film. It's got the John Bryan soundtrack. John Bryan does the soundtrack, sure. It's about a breakup. Yeah. It's sad. But it's positive. But it's funny.
2: It's funny. It's positive. It's it looks beautiful.
0: It looks beautiful. It's whimsical. It's innovative.
2: Yeah. It's also, got a very
0: mismatched couple.
2: Yeah. Also, what I like about it, so I like everyone who's involved in that film.
0: Yeah.
2: And I really like Michelle Gondry, and mm. I really like uh, Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. But that film is just the perfect marriage for both of them, in that I don't, I don't think either of them have done it. I, I liked Key New York. Loved that film. I really liked it, but I think the things that excite me the most with it, so I, I, I do like films that are really, you know, difficult. Yeah. and that not everyone's going to like and stuff like that but my favourite films are ones that manage to be innovative and yet accessible Yeah, and that film is so creative so inventive and original and yet relatable accessible to, you know people who like mainstream films can mm. like that film you know and, and enjoy it and I don't think there's anything about it that I don't <laughs> like also Jim Carrey love Jim Carrey he's amazing in the, I, mean, you know, I, I like him in loads of films but like I'd watched him growing up. Yeah, you know, my first introduction to him was when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. it was all of his, you know, more wacky, like, big. you know, I mean, when he, when he properly blew up with Dumb and Dumber and The Mask and Ace Ventura, and they were all, like, back-to-back. And he was great. Mm-hmm. So I loved him as a kid, my, one of my favourite actors, because I was watching comedy films all the time. So then to be an adult, or in my 20s, and see him in this film that I really relate to, but it's this guy who I've grown up with and love anyway, and then see him, and now he's doing a film I can really relate to, on a different level, is quite special. Because definitely, when I watched it, around that time, was the f- time I used to be watching films, like Garden State, and stuff like that, mm. and thinking those kind of female characters, were the kind of people I wanted to be with. And so she kind of fit into that, but then you watch it as an adult, you go, oh she's not that. She's yeah. literally him, Charlie Kaufman, saying, those characters are bullshit. Yeah. Because she's literally saying, I'm not, I'm not going to solve anything for you, I'm not, I, 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 and all, all this, and like, going, oh yeah, she's great. Like even now, you, you can watch it, and be like,
0: I've realised yeah. it's the only Charlie Kaufman film that's sort of optimistic. It's the most optimistic of his films. I think most of them are pretty... I love them and I think he's brilliant. Yeah. But I think he's... I, think, I find... Um, what's the one? The first one? Being, Being John Malkovich? It's one of the saddest films. Yeah. That's the Matilda of the the Charlie of film. Film. It's such a dark, sad ending. Yeah.
2: Although, also the ending really makes me laugh when Charlie Sheen goes out of his house because they're, they're nicknames for each other just hilarious. <laughs> I don't remember. He Malcatraz. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Machine is such a deliberately rubbish nickname. For like, they deliberately wrote a bad nickname. That's great. Yeah, I, I kind of got in. I mean, it's the first Joe Kaufman film I saw was adaptation. Yeah, like, There's a lot of nods to being John Malkovich, but you think you'd need to watch that film first? <laughs> but I loved it. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before and so I wanted to watch everything this guy had done and I didn't really know Michelle Gondry very well but like going to see Eternal Sunshine and being like oh that's that's a very That's movie. what I wanted I was going to watch that now.
0: Okay James these have all been excellent answers. I just found out that when you uh, died in the quicksand yeah. you swallowed a lot of it and it made your your corpse bloke so much that there's only room for one of these films in your coffin. Yeah. So which of the films that you've discussed are you going to take with you forever? It's the only film you're going to have in heaven. I can watch it. You can watch it, mm. and you can show it to people in heaven, but yeah. you can't take all of it. It's, the only, it's going to be the only film in heaven, so is it going to be Turner's Bottle's Mine, or is it going to be yeah. Final Attack, or Final Destination 5, final, yeah. final 3D? Oh, man, those are
2: good picks. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be of Sunshine. I've got to take that with me. I, I, it'd be the one that I'd want to I don't, I don't I feel, I, I well. I've been watching it over and over. Spinal Tap, and watch it every day and it's fine. But Tell of Sunshine* yeah. is the one that I'd want to show it to people, have a bit of a break, but
0: then I don't want to really... Yeah, it'd be there are other
2: things to do up here than just yeah, watching films Yeah, i want to watch it again. If I be,
0: Tap, would just be watching over and over. Yeah. Let's do some gardening.
2: Yeah. And also, I think there's always things... I do always, every time I watch a Tell Own, try and spot, something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be that. It'd have to be that. I feel bad that I haven't. I just want to say, for the yeah. record, my favourite director is Wes Anderson and now we can move on. <laughs> I feel bad I've chosen none of his films. Oh,
0: so, he's, uh, your, he's your favourite director? My favourite director. Has he not uh, done
2: Not yet. Wait, uh, um, what, what was he like that? Yeah, couldn't feel like him that much. Oh, I mean, maybe I'm even going off of him but, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's my favourite director and I, I don't speak about films and not mention him at any point. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, I couldn't really, find a, coming, could really yeah. find a category that you fit into. Your company
0: is currently being lowered on the You're going, but what about it, Anderson? Well, I'm just even though a lot of people sorry. didn't like us, <laughs> really limited, I really liked it. See ya. <laughs> uh, I, I could be bothered to watch Adam Thompson, but I'm sure it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. James, I'm going to let you go to heaven. Thank you, you. You've earned it. And may I say, thank you so much for in the podcast. May I say, uh, as, as we end it, that you are the eternal sunshine, the spotless mind of people. <laughs> And that you are whimsical and original and inventive and brilliant, but also accessible and people can get you. And a bit like Jim Carrey. And a bit like Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah. You're not who they say you are. Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> not to solve you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Rex. Really enjoyed this. You're a <laughs> lovely boy. Stop banking over eggs. Good day. <laughs> Well, that was episode 217 and also episode one. Haven't we come a long way? If anything, we haven't changed a bit. Am I right? What does it all mean? Who knows? Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I hope you're all well. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAS for hosting it. Thanks to Laura Lydon for the photography. Adam Richardson for the graphics. Next week, we'll be back with another classic. An absolute classic. I'm putting up all my favourites. They're all my favourites, but some of them are more my favourites, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I hope you're all well. Thank you all for listening. In the meantime, have a lovely week, and please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you.